between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. I have come to meet you. 
I have come to meet you. I have come. I have come. And I am come. I am come to take up. 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 For even in these times is the time of taking up. In this season is the time of taking up. Come up to immortality. Come up to immortality. For it is in my light. It is by my light. For it is in my light. It is by my light. I have come to take up. I have come to raise up. I have come to take up. For in these times many shall be taken even before the end times. Many, 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 many shall be taken. Many have come to take. I 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 have come to take. Many, 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 many in these times be ready for to be taken. For we have come to take. Our light is coming to take. The light of these times is to take. It is to take. It is to rapture you up. It is to rapture you up. It is to bring you to the realm that I am one with my God. I have come to bring you to the realm that I am one with my God. Just as I am one with the Father, I have come to bring you to the place of oneness. To the place of oneness that you can come into our fellowship. I am bringing you to our joy. Even our joy. Even our joy. That you will joy. The joy. The joy in me will be fulfilled in you. The joy in me will be fulfilled in you. Come up. Come up. I have come to take you up.
together. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Always. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Glory to your name. Greheta Pahora. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. That wasn't a message. That was just that was just a tongue to to announce the the glory, the presence of the Lord. Just saying things concerning him. Raising his praise. Exalting him. Exalting him. Because he is here. He's here. Exalting him. Worship you. Worship you. Worship you. Jesus, we worship you. Bless you. Thank you. Oh, Lord Jesus. You have captivated us. You have captivated us. We ask, we ask you, Jesus, caught through the cloud and 
Come on. Speak to us out of the glory. Cut through the cloud and your with your piercing voice. Your sharp countenance. Your radiant face. Shine. Shine through. Cut through the cloud and talk to us, speak to us out of the glory. Things of the glory. Things of the glory. Things of the glory. Things concerning your own habitation. Concerning your own dwelling place. Secrets of the place where you dwell. Of your dwelling place. Of your habitation. Speak. Come and speak. Come and speak. Come and bless us. Oh, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to you, Amen. Parahapati. Ekre Paul. Ola Brehaveni Kaza Zustia. Eskriel Kren Brandota. Framben heavily hita kalo hovena. I kala bread. I am. Havana hopon, 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 on plon, 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 Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Lord, help me tonight. I ask for help to just be an echoing voice, to echo what your heart is saying. Help us to pick the sound of your voice and to capture the thought of your heart, the impression and the weight of your countenance. Glory to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless you. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. <clears throat> Tonight might be a bit unusual. I'm 
thank you. I cannot promise you to be um, maybe too logically coherent. Amen. I, I'm just, I'm seeing a door. And I just want to, I don't know what is behind the door. Praise God. Um, the Lord will just help us to, amen, to feast around this table tonight. Praise God. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Please welcome somebody. Say, I'm, I love you. And I'm, I'm glad to be beside you. I'm enjoying the radiance of your, of your person. I love your smile. I love the way you speak. I love the way you smile. I love how you look. Prophet is only telling his wife. You've told her all day. You can also raise God. Oh, Father, we thank you. Glory to Jesus. 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 Thank you, Father. Shapratare Christos. Thank you. Let's open our Bibles to Psalm 36. Praise the Lord. Psalm 36, if you are there, say amen. amen. Uh, verse, verse 8, it says that, that they shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the of the river of thy pleasures. Praise God. It's speaking concerning, let's go back to verse 5. 
Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. <clears throat> and thy faithfulness reacheth unto the clouds. Thy righteousness is like the great mountains. Thy judgments are a great deep. O Lord, thou preservest man and beast. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. Praise God. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. Praise God. And oh, continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee and thy righteousness to the upright in heart. And let not the, full of, the foot of pride come against me and let not the hand of the wicked remove me they are workers of iniquity falling. They are cast down and shall not be able to arise. Thank you, Father. Praise God. He says, with thee is the fountain of life. Verse 9, and in thy light shall what? Shall we see light? So the fountain of life, that word with thee, um, is, uh, when he says with thee is the fountain, um, he's talking about the offering or the fountain is a spring. They are the same thing. Like where life springs from. Right? So he's saying that with God is the fountain of life. That God, that out of God springs forth life. And then in your light we see light. So in with you at the fountain of life, and then in your light, we do what? We see light. Praise the Lord. Um, so here, they are, those are not two different concepts. Um, they are, this is speaking about how the soul comes into the inheritance of the light. So there is the light that is God's own light, which is bringing, which is the light which is with him. So, fountain of life. With him are the, is the fountains of life. Right? And he says, in his light, we see light. So, that fountain, what is springing out of the fountain of life, of life, is actually... First of all, light. Right? Because without light, you cannot have life. The New Testament makes us understand that. Praise the Lord. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And he said, He that followeth me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Praise God. So 
there is the followership, followership. He that followeth me, if you, if you follow me, um, first of all, who you are following, praise God. If you follow me, who you are following, following. Let's read that place very quickly. We can come back later. Are we ready this evening for God's word? Thank you, Jesus. That should be John chapter, is it chapter 8? John chapter 8, verse 12. Praise the Lord. Verse 12, John 8, verse 12, it says, Then speak Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world, and he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have what? The light of life. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light. So it's very clear that when he's following him, he's talking about following him as a light. So there is a, he's introducing us to, an, to a, a way of followership. You know, Jesus was talking scripture. We're just talking scripture. The people he was talking to didn't understand what he was saying. It was Pharisees who were here. Right after he said it, they began to ask him questions. Next verse, and therefore said unto the Pharisees, said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself, that record is not true. But he wasn't saying it for them, just was just he was laying down principles that the people who will follow this light are people to come, you and I, who will discover a a method of followership, which is a, it is actually, um, um, praise God, the method of followership, it is an enhanced method of following. It's an enhanced method. It is a way of following, of a way of following which the soul, which the New Testament brings to the soul. Right? That the soul can follow Jesus as a light. Right? Praise God. So he was introducing himself that I am the light of the world and he that, that this light that I am, that if a man can follow me, then in following me, that soul will have the light of life. So so it means that if a being who you follow to get life, right, to have light of life, means that he is a light source. He's a light source. It's very clear that he is a, he is a fountain of life. If you follow the water, from every fountain, and you trace it, you will arrive at the fountain. You, you will follow the flow from what? From the source. Are you seeing that? So Jesus is saying that I am actually a light. So there is a, there is a way that the God has to help the soul to learn how to, to see a light and to follow him. 
to see Jesus as a light. To, that is a way of seeing Jesus that is not a given that men see him that way. Or even Christians. is not, it's not easy for Christians to begin to see him as the light of the world. There are many ways we can see Jesus. But to begin to deal with him and to see him as a light, the soul has to be helped. That's why he said, but he that followeth me is not everybody who will follow him. But if a person can follow me, that he shall have what? The light of life. Praise God. Can you say light of life? You see that thing called light of life? Is the, that's the matter. That is, men have seen and come across different kinds of light. But there is a, the, the, the secret, there's a secret kind of light that is not common for men to find. It's a secret kind of light. It's called the light of life. Praise God. The light of life is the, it's talking about the, the illumination of life, the comprehension of life, to make a soul, and every soul that has come into the light of life has been elevated upon the earth. Praise the Lord. Every soul that comes into the light of life has what? Been elevated upon the earth. In other words, that, that kind of light is a treasure. It's a treasure upon the earth. It's something that every soul. And you might say, ah, oh, well, we're not, we are not, it's not a given that we all, we've all found that light. One of the signs that somebody has found the light of life is that they become so, they have, they, be, they move into great prosperity in acquisition of life. That. So, a sign that a soul has not found the light of life is that they are wretched in the soul. Is still, you still find poverty, wretchedness in the acquisition of life, the, the amassing of life, the gaining of life, the prosperity of life. Amen. Do you get a sense of what I'm trying to say? That there is something called the light. It's not just, it's, a, it's something that they have to, that light is not about, it's not, you can't turn it on by a switch. The, a soul receiving the light of life comes by followership. Followership. Say followership. Followership. The reason for followership, and of course, followership implies leading. Right? The reason for leading and for followership is of this man called Jesus. The reason for followership, him leading and people able to follow him, the reason for that is actually to is to bring about the inheritance of light. Praise God. 
because the blindness that men have, the way that blindness was done to man is through followership. It's not easy to, to make a soul completely blind. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. It's not easy to make a soul what? completely blind. It takes a lot of work over time to in other words, the, the blindness in us that makes that hinders prosperity in life is not just one thought that we can turn off. It's a complex work of darkness that, that gives us a way of seeing, a configuration of seeing that is anti or anti the life of Christ or is anti the light of life. So, the, the inheritance, there's an inheritance that they've given to man that this inheritance is to configure man against in coming into light. Satan has configured soul against the kind of dealing that will bring enlightenment to the soul. Praise God. So, when, so Jesus Christ, was, when he was sent to the world. Jesus Christ was actually sent. See that word called Log, that Logos that came. Now you know why this person speaking who is saying I'm the light of the world. He is the Logos, but he is the actual, he is the embodiment of everything. At this point, he was he had already become the light of the world. Time. He had become what? He had become the light of the world. But when he was at this state, he was still actually journeying. He hadn't finished his journey. Do you realize that? So, this Jesus was a journeying light that hasn't finished his journey yet. He is a light that was, although at this point, he was already a reference, right? Because here, he had already overcome the world very clearly. He had finished overcoming the world, in other words, and then God had raised him at this point as a light. But a light that is still journeying into, into the, the, there is the, uh, there's the, uh, the, the ultimate light. Of course, we know that ultimate light. The ultimate light is God, right? In the book of Timothy, let's see that very quickly. Who alone had immortality, right? Glory to Jesus. First Timothy, chapter six. Amen. First Timothy, chapter six. From verse 13, it says, I give the charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the word appearing of 
the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. So, these, now there are two things in verse 13. Paul was, Paul was speaking to Timothy. Timothy was a, a mentee of his, or like a son of his, who, who he, was, he was culturing in, the, in his own profession. He was trying to, the, the book of Timothy was Paul trying to impart the spirit of his profession. This Timothy is not a book about pastor, it's not a pastoral book about pastors. No, people thought that this Timothy is just talking about trying to teach a young pastor how to be a pastor or something. No, this was something else. This was Paul trying to impart the, the spirit of his inward profession to Timothy. The, that inward profession, Paul wasn't talking about ministry. That wasn't the, if you read this book, he wasn't talking about ministry. In fact, the people that Paul was in to make example are those who were kept doing ministry and abandoned the profession. And he was using them like, like Alexander and Manos and all of those people who made a shipwreck of their faith. They, they refused to journey to the end of the commandment. From chapter one, praise the Lord, right? Was teaching him about the end of commandment. Then he kept warning him, if you read quickly, First Timothy chapter one, and all these guys that Paul was mentioning, they were actually ministers of the gospel. Praise God. In verse, in chapter 1, verse 18, he says, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Then, this warfare is not warfare of ministry and fighting all the devils against your ministry. That was not the warfare. Verse 19 is telling him what is the warfare. Holding faith and a good conscience which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck of whom is Hermanus and Alexander whom I have delivered unto Satan that they may what? Learn what not to blaspheme. Praise God. So, so what you see that what Paul was imparting to Timothy wasn't, wasn't just a superficial thing. He was trying to impart to him the spirit of what? Of his own, of his own, his own attitude of the profession. Praise God. Now in verse 13 of chapter 6, very quickly, he said that um, you see, he said the same thing in verse 12, before verse 13, right? He says, fight the good fight of faith, then lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and had professed a good profession before many witnesses. Do you see that? Now, I'll tell you the, the difference, between, one of the differences between the books of Timothy, for example, and some of the other, the other epistle was that, the other epistle, Paul was writing to churches. So, because Paul was writing to churches, Paul, when you write to a church, you have to be, you have to touch many things. Because there are all kinds of souls in different places, different kinds of issues. Praise God, some who are stealing after them, still no more. Those who, 
Are you getting what I'm trying to say? All kinds of things. Those who have taken their father's wife, please go and return her. <laughs> go on. Praise God. Those, please, they beg them, please, can you return your father's wife, please? This is church. This thing should not be named among you. Praise God. All kinds of souls, amen, in the, that Paul was writing to. Praise the Lord. Those who were, the Corinthian ones that were basking in gift, but were enjoying carnality and all of that, who turned gifts of the Spirit into a, I don't know what, only God knows how that church would have been. Praise God. The, the church that they wrote First Corinthians 14 to. You know what I mean? Yes, how were they behaving in next year they come to a meeting? What were they doing? <laughs> With gifts. And it's possible that almost all of them had gifts of the Spirit. Maybe all of them could prophesy, all of them could interpret all kinds of, you know, gifts were operating in them. At the point, Paul had to say, calm down. Let, if one is given a tongue, let one finish at most by two. <laughs> then let one interpret. <laughs> Praise God. Are you seeing diversities of issues that Paul was dealing with? So, and then Paul, he, he, he writes, he has to lay down doctrine which was, a lot of Paul's doctrine was centered around the central commission, which was the laying of the doctrine of Christ. You see that he does that. And then he, he, the theme of his writing is he will, he will lay the doctrine of Christ and then he will, he will mention God about the doctrine of coming into God and, and you know, telling you that Christ is a ladder to ascend. Praise God. Um, but the difference between all those other epistles, praise God, like, the one to the Galatians, that's another book entirely. Praise God. Those ones, are, they, were, they went to another weird place. And you know, they, you know, church problems are different. They are different shades of church, church um, Christians, eh? Those ones, the Galatian ones, those ones, somehow, they just fell in love with Judaism. Right? And they went to go and resurrect things that God had buried by the Spirit. And done away with, they went to merge things back again and to adulterate the ministry of the Spirit. Are you seeing that? So all of those, it was dealing with different things in all the churches, but this kind of letter to Timothy wasn't written to people. It was a specific letter. That's why this letter is, ah, if you can meditate on Timothy, you will be good. If you can... Um, if maybe other epistles cannot get to you, maybe you have, you have peculiar issues that, you know, some issues are strong, right? They are strong that when all the revelation of epistles has finished, that the thing that's worrying you is still standing. It's <laughs> <laughs> still there. And you get to say some issues that make brethren tired. And then after a while, the pastor will get tired and hand you over to God. God, this is your child. What can we do? You know what I mean? Those kind of, those deep, deep things. Some aspect of the soul that, that is not responding to quickening of revelation knowledge. That's, that's you know, there are, darkness are in shades and strengths and different. There are some, there are some it's, not every, it's not every dead you can blow with wind. There are, some, there are some things in our soul that they, just the wind of the spirit, revelation, can blow away. You just 
They just surround the soul with revelation. By the time they bring the soul into a wind of revelation, it will come out on the other side clean. <laughs> and you ask him, how did you get clean? He doesn't know how. He was just hearing what revelation. And, and things, he didn't know how it happened. Things just left him. He dropped things. That's one of the reasons for the wind of the spirit. And not just the Holy Ghost, but when he's, the wind is pushing doctrine through revelation, is to blow all the corruption, dust of our soul, and to take them out. But you know, there are all different kinds of impurity. There are some impurity that have married thee. They stick to the, to the, soft, to the material, to the soul. They, after the wind has finished blowing, there's been a, a tornado of the spirit. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> I want to ask you, you some things. Check some things inside you. And then count, count all the moves of the spirit that those things have survived. <laughs> how, how, many, how many times have you got, as a move of the spirit happened, you know that this, this wind is for me. This wind must finish me and it must end me. You believe that, ah, this is the end. This is the end. This is it. This kind of, are you getting what I'm saying? But you know, I discovered that there, is, there are some things that are, that, amen. Say so stick. So it means some things can stick to vessel and, and it's very hard. Have you ever put something in your dishwasher before and then? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> you know, praise God. You know, it's hard to find you know, food in this part of the world, they are very, very easy, you know. When you, when you bring things from West Africa, you know, the kind of thing that... Cassava products. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> Is it, is it the Holy Spirit bringing all these things? Are you sure? <laughs> Praise God. I'm sorry. All I've just seen is Eban. You know, <laughs> when it, you know those, those difficult ones, when it has stayed for some time, you know that dishwasher has no answer to that problem. Forget about it. There is no dishwasher in the world. No matter, go and bring the one from Japan. The one, those... The greatest technology. Once you see, you know, this one is not a dishwasher matter. Because of the, the force of adhesion and cohesion that is attaching the thing to the vessel. Stuck to the, it's married to it. So you see all those dishwasher thing of heat, hot water, everything. Do you know what happens? You know, the temperature of that thing is very, very, very deadly. You know what I mean? But it still cannot, it still, it's not, it still cannot get it out. Praise God. So that's the way it is sometimes. There are things that have stuck to the soul. Praise God. That, that sometimes just general season of visitation might not deal with Sometimes just general season of visitation cannot deal with some things. There are some things that 
Some of us, we need an, a kind of an encounter. You need some, you need the, you need, you need a special operation. When I see some of you, some of us, some of us, I think, ah, I know who they. You are saying, it's not, hey, I'm not talking about your brother, amen. Tell someone, I'm talking, I'm talk, they're not talking about you. Can you tell your neighbor they are not talking about you? You're not the one that they are speaking concerning. So this, not, this matter is not your concern, don't. <laughs> Say this is my issue. This is my. They are talking about my my problem. So it's very. I don't know if you've perceived the season that God is bringing us under. Is this? This is. This is God wants to bring us into the season of the extra work after the dishwasher has finished. The remaining thing that they need to do. That thing, that thing takes specialized ministry of the high priest. Who's, the high priest whose high eyes are, are developed to sight the anchor of sin and to break the anchor of sin from the soul. To separate, to separate wickedness. The word wickedness comes from the word weak. No week of a lantern. Have you seen the week of a lantern of a thread? That week is what the word wickedness comes from. Wicked comes from weak. Weak means twisted. So wickedness is twisted evil. It's not just an easy evil to undo. Praise God. So, but the high priest, when when the soul begins to come under the ministry of the high priest, he has a he has an eye that can. Do what? Very particular work. The soul. When, when the soul begins to get exposed to high priestly ministry, you know high priestly ministry doesn't start in the most holy place. It starts in the holy place. There's a region of the holy place that heaven will push the soul into. The soul begins to feel the ministry of the high priest. The, the ministry of the high priest is a very is an interesting ministry. It's a, it's a particular ministry. The ministry of the high priest in the sanctuary or in the holy place is the ministry of lights. Is a ministry of lights. What the ministry of what of lights? That is the the high priest's occupation. Why do you need a high priest? Why is a high priest needed? The high priest is the one who, who comes after priestly service or priestly sort of washing and atonement has been done and the priests are happy that they have finished the job. Praise God. The high priest is the person who they send to go and uncover hidden darkness. The high priest is the person who is the person who has, is the, the person who has looked Satan in his eye and has, and has seen all his works. No, but no other person has seen that. No other person has seen that. Jesus, when you, when you were dealing with Jesus, what was, Jesus was staring at Satan. Truth, you know, God has a way to do it. Satan likes to hide. He, he, he likes to hide his works. From men. 
and then divert men. Men would think that he's here, but he's actually doing something evil here. Praise God. Nobody. That's why the Bible said that right from the time of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffered violence, but the violent take it. Why, why does the kingdom suffer violence? Why? It was because of the ministry of John. The ministry of John, it was that voice crying out in the wilderness, saying, make straight the path for the Lord. John the beloved said concerning him that he was not that light, but he came to bear witness of what? Of the light. He came to bear witness of what? The light. That particular light. There's a particular light that came into the world. When that light came, the moment John began, you know, what John was saying in the wilderness, a lot of Israelites didn't understand what John was saying. They thought, ah, this guy just wants it. This is John's own method. They were tired of joining to the temple far to go and begin. They said, ah, this guy has easy method now. We just stay around water. You can just wash you. You know the feeling of someone pouring water in your body? You feel like if all this precept, why have we discovered this method? Because when, when, when John finished baptizing you, you feel clean, you know? Imagine the feeling when the breeze will blow, the water will dry, you feel like God has washed you. So a lot of guys who followed John, it's not like they had insight into what he was saying too much. I'm sure many of them, they just like the feeling. They prefer worship to other things. But many people did not understand John. When John was speaking, many people did not understand him. But spirits were hearing. Does anybody have the interpretation? Anybody else? Amen. Okay. Let him interpret. Go ahead, sir. I am my spirit, the spirit of the Lord, saying, Do not despise these things you are hearing. Give heed to them. Give more heed to them. Give heed to them. For why do you think spirits tell you they are not true? Why do you think evil spirits come to whisper to you that leave these things? For this is true, and every other thing is lie. For this is why spirits come to try to make you drop them. For this is truth. Give heed to them. 
pay attention to them. Stay with them. Labor to enter into them. Labor, labor. I say labor to enter into them. For why spirits? Why do spirits come to lie to you? For they want you to drop these things. For this is what I am saying to you. For the words I speak, they are spirit and they are raising you. Give heed to them. Pay attention to them. Let them be your life. Let them be your food. Eat daily. Eat daily. My word is coming. Eat it daily. Eat it every moment. I say eat it. For this is my word to you. Thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So right from when John came, you could see that as he was, an, he was announcing, bear, bearing witness of that light, what happened? The spirits took notice that God is sending somebody who will show the, the secret. Satan himself was afraid that somebody is coming who will be able to show the secret of what he has been doing in darkness. What is Satan's own work? Satan's own work is called wickedness, twistedness. It's evil that is twisted. What is, what, why is it twisted? You cannot easily undo it. It takes a lot of precision, high priestly precision, to undo the wicked works that Satan has kept and which he has done. Praise the Lord in the soul. Praise God. So this, this, this message of Timothy um, that Paul gave to Timothy was a message that was particular about certain evils that can befall the soul. And he was speaking, Paul was very, very careful. You know, Timothy, when Paul was writing to Timothy, I can almost bet you, for Paul to call Timothy his son, it means that Timothy has excelled in, his, in Paul's revelation. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Most likely, Timothy must have been a master of the gospel of Christ. Yes, That's why he was talking to him. Remember my doctrine? What Paul was calling my doctrine? When Paul says my doctrine, he's talking about the, 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 the apostleship the dispensation that was committed to him according to Ephesians, right? That dispensation that was committed to him is his doctrine. That's what my doctrine and then my manner of life in that conversation. Are you seeing that? But then well, Paul had to now write further things to him. And so the further things that Paul was writing to Timothy are, they are things that if a soul any soul that, when you, when you are using the, the gospel of Christ and you get to a point where they are now beginning to shed, to draw your attention to more difficult in things of works of darkness that are more, uh, that are, that are more resilient, right? Nature attribute of nature that are more resilient is a sign for you that it's a season to push further. Right? It's a season to do what? Push further. 
It's not a season to give up. It's a season to push further. That's part of what our tongue is trying to tell you just now, that at this time, there will begin to be lies about, about many things. But don't listen to those lies. It's actually a season to push further. There is actually a further, more specific revelation, more specific understanding, which you ought to come into. Praise God. Now, so in this first Timothy chapter 6, um, Paul was teaching um, um, Timothy the, the concept of fighting the fight of faith, right? Finishing that fight. When, it's, when they call it a good fight of faith, what makes the fight of faith good is that it has produced charity. Right? A soul who doesn't yet have charity has not yet fought the good fight of faith. They, are sti- they might still be fighting, but the, the spoils of their warfare is not really good yet to God. Right? So the good fight of faith is, is actually arriving at the end of the commandment of Christ, which is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience. You see that? So Paul is introducing Timothy to two things here. First of all, the first dimension of fighting the fight of faith, the next one is laying hold on eternal life. Right? Fight the fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. This is Paul teaching the two dimensions of, of acquisition of his soul. Praise God. Hallelujah. Whereunto thou art also, art also called. So why, why is he using the word also called? Because he's talking about two callings. There is the first calling, which Timothy is very, very, uh, is very, very um, aware of and which is very familiar with, which is the calling into the life of Christ. But then he's now telling him that you are, there's also another calling, the actual calling, which is, we know from the scripture, is actually the high calling. And Paul himself called that calling, he said that that calling is the, is the mark that I am pressing onto. Right, say, for I press onto the mark of the high calling of God. He wasn't talking about his ministry was talking about the mark of the high calling of God in Christ. Now, when you've, once you've journeyed into Christ, you fought the good fight of faith, you've inherited Christ, it means you've now been found in Christ. Inside Christ, you will find another calling. Praise God. I've, 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 I've listened to people who, who are like, oh, we don't understand that everlasting life. We can't understand it. Can you explain it, you know? That message of daddy when he was teaching everlasting life, eternal life, the problem that that thing caused. Praise God. Amen. And I I traveled, I went somewhere and then they were trying to get me to teach and explain more about everlasting life and eternal life. Praise God. And as soon as I just saw the arrangement, I knew that I I must never go there and talk about that. <laughs> you know what I mean. You know, you know why. You know why I must never go there is because I, I could see it was just very clear to me that those things is another conversation, right? It's like trying to to pick matters of a conversation 
you have not yet found a calling to. It will be, it is like you, it's like you saying that your, that your headache right now is to know, let's say, the, the aliens in Mars, what language they speak. That that is your own, your own concern. Or humanity. And maybe this is our own problem. Let's figure out what they speak in other galaxies. But that's not the problem. We have other things. Let's take care of some other things first. Before that, you get what I'm trying to say? Now, am I saying that they won't talk about that? You see Paul talking about it. In all his epistles, he spoke about that life. But I want to tell you that those things are not things that you just, you just, you just play. They are not, this is not a playful something. It's not just something that, that you, the soul, the soul cannot handle them. Even if the, if the soul hasn't journeyed to a place, the soul can hear them but cannot handle them. But hearing is not bad because hearing accumulates. That when it's time to handle and to face that calling, you have plenty of resources and riches on the inside of you. You will not be bankrupt entirely. When, that, when you, you found that calling in your soul, as this is your next acquisition. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So it's very clear that for his soul, first of all, Paul said this. He said, that I might win Christ. That's not Philippians chapter 3. That I might win Christ. That's the first thing. And then be found in him. Not having mine own righteousness. That's the first part. That when I have won Christ and I am now found in him, then I cannot talk about the high calling of God in Christ. There is so inside Christ that that eye calling of God does not hang around outside Christ. There is no soul who hasn't been found in Christ who can honestly say that in them they just register. There's a calling in them to inherit everlasting life. It doesn't register. That's why sometimes when they haven't talking, it seems as if it's not even why are they disturbing us with all these things? Because it doesn't, it's not a calling for you, it's a sign. That you have not, you are not yet found in Christ. When you're talking about everlasting life, eternal life, all those things, it seems far. This thing, what's my concern? It's because, it's because that thing, you you are not yet found in Christ. A soul that has been found in Christ will pick that calling. That thing will become a burning. Um, a burning ambition, a holy ambition in the heart to inherit the life of God. If you tell somebody outside there, inherit God's life, you don't know what you're talking about. It's not a desire for the soul. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? So if there's anything, and this is the, the vision of life meetings. I think I've not said it like this before. But to, just to, to clarify to everybody, the vision of life meetings is the vision is Christ. As this ministry and now, as we, as we have it and as we know it, the ministry is the, is the formation of Christ in the souls of people. Maybe when that has been done, God can say, okay, and that ministry or something, I don't know what will happen at that time, but 
But you see this one here? We have not, we have not, uh, we have not, uh, <laughs> you get what I mean? Unless we should just start playing and lying to ourselves and, and just like turn it into a child's play. But it's not a child's play, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Praise God, it's a real thing. Thank you, Jesus. When the Lord was talking to me about it, I still feel the, the burning, the feeling in my heart concerning the vision. The vision, and, and, ev- and whenever I see s- souls, my own soul, my wife, you, 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 I'm seeing you in the light of that vision. That's the vision. The vision is the formation of Christ. That's the task that God, ta- task that God has given all of us. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, this is something that every one of us, car, you must be, your heart must have been settled concerning it. You must settle for, with it. You must, like Paul was telling me, look, fight. Son, fight the good fight of faith. Because if you do it, then you will lay hold of eternal life. Praise the Lord. Amen. So if we go further here, then, then in chapter th- verse 13 of this chapter 6, he then begins to speak more concerning the same thing. The same thing. He's saying then, I give the charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things. That's one. That's the first person that is giving him this charge in sight of. So, this thing you call charge, what does it mean of charge? What is Paul talking about here? What is it charge? It isn't just an I command you. No, no. This is, a, this is a, an apostle speaking to his spiritual son. That thing, when he said, I, I give the charge, the charge is I want to light up something inside of you. I want to give you, I want to I want, to, I want to impart a charge inside you for something. I want to charge your battery for something. To go and do something. <laughs> so it means that Paul was giving Timothy charge through words. That's one of the, re- the, the, the purpose of fathers in your, in your life. The reason for father, the father in your life is to give you charge. As if, the reason for fathers in your life is, is to pour... When you when you are when you are your battery is drained to recharge you to recharge you again for to recharge you for application so that your soul can be applied. Amen. For what the cause for which God wants you to be what? To be applied. So Father was giving him charge. I give the charge, oh Timothy, in the sight of God. So I was in saying the sight of God. He's talking about the the charge which, which God is that, is that if he says any other thing, if he says any other thing, there is nothing else he can charge Timothy for in the sight of God outside this thing. In other words, this is the charge which God's sight approves. All right. When I'm talking of charge, what do I mean by charge? Charge, I mean the, the burning ambition in a soul. That's a charge. Some souls are charged with other things. They have energy for other things. 
for acquisition on the earth, to pursue things, to pursue their dream, to pursue their passion, and all of those things. Paul was saying to Timothy, Timothy, I want to charge you with something else, to give you a charge for a, a different pursuit. What charge is in you? What, are you? what are you charged up for? What is your soul charged up for? Praise God. Can you tell me what's the most common charge on the earth? Work? <laughs> Praise God. I love that. That's a very good answer. Now, the work is summarized on that something. There is a common language. Okay, money. Yes. What? I heard something from here. Vanity. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Praise God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. That is it. That's it. Vanity. Vanity is a charge. Vanity is what all men are charged to acquire. It's hard to find a soul on the earth who doesn't have energy for vanity. It's very hard. I mean, vain things, things that amount to nothing. It's difficult to find a soul that doesn't have strong passion and, and battery. When you check battery level of the soul for vanity, it's very, very hard. Are you getting what I'm saying? So to, to unravel this Paul's language of charge, Paul is trying to pour into his son another charge, another kind of panting. And so this is the charge that the person gets in the sight of God, the kind of charge that God, God approves. Not just God, there are two beings here which he's speaking concerning. Praise God. He said, I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things, and then before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate, what, witnessed a good confession. Amen. So you see, these two beings are in their sight. He was giving charge to praise God. He was giving charge to Timothy. Timothy, Timothy, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. What's the meaning of this verse 13? When he was saying, why, why is he bringing Pontius Pilate into this matter? Praise God. <laughs> so, I give you charge in the sight of God, which quickeneth all things. And then, before Christ Jesus, who, before Pontius Pilate did what? Witnessed a good confession. What was Jesus' confession before, before Pilate? Jesus' confession before Pilate was a person who they brought Jesus to to make judgment concerning him, yes, concerning his death. Yes, right? <laughs> but Pilate spiritually was, um, you see, the role that Pilate played was in an ordinary role. Jesus had to pass through Pilate, he had to pass through Pilate. Pilate was the um, 
It's possible that God might have prepared Pilate's mind somehow. To, to possess Jesus. Do you know how easy it would have been for Pilate to decide and say, you are a good man, you are not worthy of death. Set him free. Do you know how easy it would have been? You know, Pilate could have done that. He could have ordered them to just, and that would have been the end. They would have just said, Jesus free, they won't kill him. Does that mean that Pilate could have ended salvation program and everything? By his goodness. There was something, something very prophetically dramatic going on in that whole season of Jesus' death. Something terribly prophetic was happening. Why would, be, why would Paul be mentioning Pontus Pilate in this kind of place? It means that Pilate, he, he played a role spiritually in, in Jesus' passage in his journey. There was a, I don't know how did he, God can do anything. God can fashion a man for anything. The way he raised Cyrus for the time of delivering Israel, God can raise any kind of person. So, to me, I believe that it's very clear. Pilate had a sense. Look at Pilate's, Pilate's reaction. It wasn't like Pilate did not crucify Jesus. Like the high priests and the, the Pharisees and all those people, the way they did, cast guilt on him and all. God was able to give Pilate a sense. Praise God and a judgment to judge that this man is righteous and is not worthy of death, yet he must die. That was what all, everything Pilate did, that was what Pilate was demonstrating. How? Because he washed, he said, bring me a bowl. Let me wash my hand out of this thing. By washing his hand, he's telling you that by my own judgment and account, this man is an innocent man. But I'm not going to prevail to stop his word, his order of death. Why? Because Jesus explained to him. There's a statement Jesus made which they must have quickened Pilate to understand. Jesus told him, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world. You know what that means? That means that I am a king. It means that I have graduated, I have been raised into kingly status of another kingdom. That is not what? That is not of this world. So when they crucified him, he ordered they should write upon his grave, king of the Jews. The Jews came back and said, ah, you made mistake. What you should say is that he said he's the king of the Jews. Don't write king of this palace. He said, he said what I have written. Praise the Lord. Are you getting what I'm saying? So what this thing called a good confession, what is that good confession before Pontus Pilate? You have to go back to that conversation that Jesus Christ was having with him. Jesus Christ was speaking about his, his dominion. That is not his kingdom, a dominion that is not of this world. So it means that 
punt, if Jesus had not overcome the world and he went to Pilate, praise God, Pilate would have seen him as a good man and set him free. You get what I'm trying to say? <laughs> if Jesus was good, and Pilate said, ah, this man is good, he's better than Pharisees. Very good man. But his goodness does not transcend the world. Everyone will calculate and they say, this, this being is not worthy to die as a lamb. Pilate's reaction would have been different. He would have just said, why do you want to kill this guy, leave him alone and set him free? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Uh-huh. So what, what, those things are prophetic scriptural things to demonstrate something. So it, it's really a, it's about Jesus' confession before Pontius Pilate was Jesus' overcoming of the world. Or another way to overcome, of overcoming the world is Jesus' entrance into death. He said Jesus being like Paul was saying that I'm crucified to the world. The world is crucified to me. That was moving into, a, moving into a state where you, you no longer live to the world. You are dead to the world. The world is dead to you. That is the sign of the dominion. When a person has come to that place, that person's kingdom is no longer of this world. Do you understand that? So Jesus Christ came into that place. So when he, he landed in that kind of season, after they have delivered him unto death. He is now left to who? God, who quickeneth all things. So that God who quickeneth all things is, 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 the, is the, the next actor, is the final actor. Are you getting what I'm saying? The final actor in, of the soul in Raising a man. Oh, I've just been teaching, talking about now is the raising of a man. The journey of a man. Or, in summary, how Paul put it, how a person will fight the good fight of faith and live with eternal life. So when Jesus Christ met Pontius Pilate, he has fought the good fight of faith, but he had not yet laid hold on eternal life. For someone to lay hold on eternal life, they must have Come into favor with God who quickeneth all things. That is another operation. Beyond Jesus' profession, which he professed at the point of what? Before Pontius Pilate. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So what Pilate was, Pilate was actually a judge that God put to judge Jesus. A man must decide, are you ready to, is is he worthy to die? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Somebody must decide. God doesn't do things anyhow. He's not just anyhow. God, there's somebody standing. And if, if Jesus did not do things well and he stood before Pilate, he will not, he will not be worthy to, of the cross. Pilate will do something that will make sure he never gets to the cross. Pilate was actually a minister of God to talk with Jesus. Conversation. They were just talking and talking. And, talking. and after a while, something in him just shifted and just... Ah, this is the guy, something. <laughs> he was, maybe, maybe he didn't know what he was doing, but something possessed his heart to have that kind of judgment. Wow. 
Praise God. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Do you believe what I'm trying to say? You believe that this is, this is, God. This is what you call manifold wisdom of God. So, divine wisdom. Even people who don't want to be used, who don't know him, he can still use them. He's using them to fulfill scripture and to fulfill prophecy. That's God for you. Praise the Lord. So, so Jesus, the reason why he ended up at the cross because he had fought a good fight of faith. He had fought a good fight of faith. So they had to, he had to then come into the, the dealings with he who would quicken at all things. Let's not waste time here. Praise God, verse 14, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the word appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. That appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ is for the purpose of something. It's for the purpose of appearance. It's the, it's actually the, the bringing of, of a light. Right? The purpose of appearance is to show right, is to what? Show. So, in verse 14, we're speaking about one, one encounter of light. Then 15 and 16 is talking about a further encounter of light. Those are two lights. Two encounters of light. The first light is responsible for victory of, in the good fight of faith. The second, the second light is responsible for in laying hold of eternal life. Do you understand what I mean? So the two lights, you've seen Paul's wisdom. He was just he's trying to show Timothy something there. The introducing him to two seasons of showing. There is, there is one light that must show another. Anybody who is trying to talk about the other light, who has not inherited this light, is a liar. He's a liar. It's one light that must show. This other one can never, that one, forget about him. In fact, when you are hearing about him, you feel like you're about to have him. He's the farthest from you. That is his mysteriousness. When you talk about, say, God, 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 God. What is the, the, one of the biggest problems people have with God is that they've been trying to get breakthrough and get to him and see him. Hey, we found you. But anytime they come close, they figure out that this being is not, has no interest in him. <laughs> Showing himself. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So you're talking about a being who he has only put access to himself inside another light. That anybody who's overlooked this light, okay, no problem, overlook it, we will never meet. If you do not take the inheritance of the first light seriously, you will never go. And you know something about the second light? Hey, 
Hey. Oh my God. Oh my God. <coughs> oh my God. You have problems which only that second light can solve. You might not know it. You might not feel it's your anything like, ah, I'm okay. I'm just chilling here. Rest of my life. You might not understand. When they, when they roll this present away, they roll all the things that we are distracted by away, men will begin to see their problem. I get what I'm trying to say. Imagine, imagine the amount of cry that happens in heaven when souls depart from this world and they now get into the, the other, in the realm of the spirit where vanity, doesn't, there's nothing like vanity there. All the things that... Now, do you know how I... Do you know, I don't know how you, if you can imagine the feeling of, the kind of feeling a soul who passes out of the earth will feel. The nakedness and wretchedness. It's hard to imagine that feeling. You cannot. You cannot. Because it's difficult for you to transition into a state where all the attachment and clothing of your soul have passed away. Until you Come into that kind of state. That, and that, a lot of times, it's not a lot of times, it's actually too late. Once you pass that journey and you cross over. Imagine a soul that's never taken the light in God. They are Christians, but they never take in the light in God. Their whole life, God has never been their shield and their buckler. The Lord, they've never delighted in his salvation. They've never rejoiced in his life. They've never, so in other words, when you check the soul, check what is covering the soul. All the things they heap upon their existence as covering and shelter are perishing things. Things that, when they cross, there's nothing, no single aspect of it that will be there. You know, you know even your little pride, your status that you, you manage, you know, even though you don't have money, you still have something. Last, last, if you don't have money, you have yourself. <laughs> You can just sit down in a room and enjoy yourself. Uh, and when you say yourself, it's your, it's your vain self, right? Uh, how smart you are. You know, some people, ask, is that, you know, you enjoy how you think. Ah! It's the way I'm, my sharpness. Ah, I'm a sharp guy. You know, just, you just, you just be enjoying your... Do you know guys who are passing, people who are, who are, who are living this world? Do you know that? Do you know that? Do you know that? Praise God. <laughs> when the soul is leaving the body, the soul does not live with the intelligence of the brain. The brain will end up inside the coffin. You know what I'm saying? Oh, your calculus, or your this. Do you think it's going? Is it inside your soul? It's calculus. In you. Are you going to take it with you? You don't, you don't understand. You don't understand the nakedness and the wretched. You don't know what that rich man was. <laughs> when that rich man began to wail and cry, Lazarus, please, can you go and warn people in this? Why was he? What was he experiencing? The the the, the emptiness. The, the the wretchedness, the, the, the feeling of the soul, the, the feeling that the soul has. Imagine, how do you feel when something you, that is so precious to you, like a covering, they just take it away? 
you, you multiply that thing by. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the crying is not that they are beating you. See, it's not that kind of crying. It's, there's, a, there's a sorrow that is deeper than you look for someone to beat. Not you in Jesus' name. But someone can look for, so for outward pain. Because there's nothing more deeper than the sorrow of, the, of wretchedness of the soul. Of wretchedness of the heart. Are you understanding what I'm trying to tell you? So it's very clear that this word is one mighty lying veil, right? Vanity, vanity, vanity. Is a false sense of clothing. That is what you call evil. Make a man for all the decades of his life invest and sow all his life into things that when he passes away from this life, he will not have one single part to take with him. Isn't that an evil? Someone has cheated such a soul. To have such a mind for such a thing, that's Satan for you. Because Satan knows, he knows, he knows what wretchedness you feel like. When Jesus said that, look, if you are ashamed of me, me, I will be ashamed of you. That shame, that shame is, is, is something that is so. So it's very clear then that the only covering a soul will have after the present is gone is the amount, the degree to, to, which, to which they have made God their refuge. So, a soul who has invested in God on the earth will arrive clothed. Because they wore a cloth upon their soul on the earth. That when they cross the divide, in fact, that's when that cloth glows. That, that cloth, this is our wall. This is where, we, this is, this is where you, you see where wretched people on the earth transition into kings in another realm. The, a, 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 a person who is beggarly and poor on the earth will transition into a greater state in the spirit. Why? Because they have sown their soul to be what? Clothed by what? By God upon the earth. Praise God. So these two lights, praise, praise the Lord, they're talking about um, the light. You know, this is the business of Christians, though. Right, this is the this is what Christians are are raised and called to come and seek what unbelievers can never seek. That's what you see that that impossible thing. Sow your life to seek an impossibility. Sow your life to seek the invisible. Don't be proud of a Christian. If all your Christian sorry, don't be proud as a Christian. If all your Christianity is to acquire things that everybody around you who is not born again, I wouldn't have more than you. You are a disgrace to Christianity. If your boast is that, ah, I prayed God did this, God brought this, you are a disgrace. You should be ashamed of yourself. Is that what Jesus Christ died for? Do you get what I'm trying to say? The, what, the, what Paul was calling uh, the high calling of God in Christ. Amen. Amen. 
the, our spiritual calling, the calling of a Christian is come and seek that thing which the world can never seek. That impossible thing of a man sowing himself into the invisible. What the, what the world doesn't appreciate. You can sow your life, all your lifetime, seeking it. And you get to say, such soul are the soul who they, they count in heaven. Heaven has respect unto such souls, unto such a man. A man, a soul that can, that can muster desire beyond the present and sow their life into things. That can be acquiring things that you cannot necessarily always convert to currency upon the earth. But that was Jesus' teaching. He said, do not lay up for yourself treasure upon the earth where rust and moth and all of those things don't corrupt. Don't lay up for yourself treasure. But will you lay up treasures in heaven where rust and moth and all of that where is the heaven you should lay out treasure in? It's not going to heaven. It's not that, let me be transferring money there. Praise God. <laughs> I, I was... <laughs> hey, praise God. Evil spirits are... So, ah, they are bad. I was watching... A, it was a show, actually, called Viking. So, somehow, the thing just, the thing just captivated me. Please, don't go and watch it all. Why did I even say the name now? But it just captivated me in a way. I was just watching, I was just watching it. I was just seeing different kind of... Because these guys actually, they lived a long time ago, around closer to the end of the first um, millennium. And, uh-huh. So those guys, when they die, many of them, you see... Praise God. They don't, you, see, you see those, many of them, they go to war. To, their job is just to go to war every summer to go and raid and kill and take treasures. That's just that's all they live for. They raid, they kill, and everything they shed, they don't, they don't fear for their life. They kill and everything, they put their life in danger to amass all kinds of treasure. But they all live very poor. You know why? Because many of, because when they, they have a treasure, Instead of spending it and using it, they go and bury it. Because in their culture, they have a belief that when you cross over, (laughs) that when you cross over, what you bury will what? So, praise God. Amen. So, I'm sure if someone was watching that thing, you would be like, ah, this is why this guy is so foolish and you insult them. But me, me, I know that I'm not like them. I don't have that holiness. What man was, I was seeing righteousness and holiness. I know that if I was the one, I would not spare, I would like shed maybe like 70%, keep some, at least that guy, somebody wear good cloth and something. <laughs> I will be postponing the afterlife. I'm going to tell you, I don't have this. If I'm the one who went to fight and get this thing, I, will not, I, I may not have the patience to stay poor in the present and go and bury it for the afterlife. You see, what those Vikings do is what God wants you to do as a Christian. 
But the way we are, instant gratification now, we must finish everything, we must get everything now. You can't, we can't, we can't, we can't. We can't endure. We can't endure God and follow God and, and keep our eyes, our gaze. And, and even what God is bringing to us, it even has a promise, both in this life and that which is to come. But we are so short-sighted that we cannot pay the price to receive everything that God has for us. So Jesus said, I lay up, do not lay up for yourself treasure here on earth, but lay up treasure where? Praise God. In, in heaven. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So, there's, there are two lights. The first light is there is the first light which must appear, which is the appearing of who? Our Lord who? Jesus Christ. That word Lord Jesus Christ is talking about his, his first ministry. Praise God. But in his time, he would then begin to show who is the blessed and the only potentate, the king of kings, and what? Lord of lords, who only had immortality dwelling in the light, which no man can what? Approach unto, whom no man had seen, nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Then verse 17, now charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Praise God. Now, so he says in his times he shall show. Now, this being who he will show is the being who has immortality dwelling in light, which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see. So, the being which no man can see, has seen or can see, there's a way to see him. The only way to see him, that there's somebody who must show, who will show him. And only that being must, who is able to show him. Amen. Now, for that being to show him, you must keep a commandment without spot, unrebukable until the appearance of the first light. The light that will show the other light. Do you see what I'm saying? So this appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, it hasn't happened. This is not talking about him coming for, uh, this is not rapture either. This is not rapture and all that. This is talking about your soul, appearing to a soul, his appearance to a soul. This appearance, a Levite in the tabernacle has not encountered this appearance. Why? Because a Levite has not kept this commandment without spot. Or a Levite hasn't reached what Paul was calling the end of the commandment of Christ. Do you see that? Which is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faint on faith. So it means that charity out of a pure heart, good conscience, faith on faith, arriving at that season 
is the arriving of a dispensation of light. Praise God. It what? It doesn't mean now that there was no light before. It doesn't mean there was no light before. It's just telling you that it's not every light that that can it's not every light that is at the level to produce an appearance. Do you get what I mean? Why? Because that which doth made manifest is light. That word, the word appearance means manifestation. Right? God came into the world. This is the condemnation, that light came into the world. But men love darkness. Why? Because they are dead or evil. Amen. That was also the book of John. Praise God. What chapter is that now? Is it three? Uh, yes, it's three. John chapter three. Mm. Praise God. Verse 19, it says that, and this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, but men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither commit to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth commit to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Praise God. Now, this thing, what Jesus is speaking here now, is not on, is not unbelievers. Alone. Right? What is who is speaking here? People who are who are under the the captivity of evil. Evil here is what you call wickedness. Wickedness is evil. It's not just sinfulness. It's not the speck of dust which you can blow away and it's gone. We're talking about the one that sticks that I started talking about. That's what you call evil. Evil is, is the kind of sin that is, that is attached to the soul. With an, it, is, it is hidden. It is twisted into the soul. It is like to bring it out. There is no way you can remove the soul from it without a kind of search that it takes a particular light to get. The way it's attached to the soul doesn't just, you can't yank it out. There has to be, if it's, a, it's like, if it's a weak, if it's wicked, it's a weak, there is a weaving concerning it. There has to be a work to undo. And that weaving is, there's a way Satan tie a, a weak 
or a knot, if I can use that word, that if you give it to a man, he can't untie it. How he passed the thread, there is a, is a lock. He created a lock in his tying of, the way he tied evil to the soul is with a wisdom. That he does what wickedness. Wickedness is an inheritance of evil that man is helpless concerning. He doesn't even know how to do it. He can't help himself. You need somebody with a very high pedigree who can, who can, who can see Satan. Like Jesus stared at Satan. That is journey to the cross. It was after a while he began to look at him. Satan could no longer hide anymore. He could see all his things. All his wisdom was passing before Jesus. All his wisdom. All his wisdom was passing. You know, and he can't help himself. Thoughts were. Do you know that when Jesus was on the cross, he was seeing Satan? You know, it was Satan talking to him? Who was talking to him with that guy on his right? It was Satan. The last speech. This is the last speech of Satan. The final talk. Satan didn't know what to do. He kept talking. He said, okay. He said, anyway, he was, he was trying to get to the, to, he was reaching deep into Jesus, looking for, is there still a cord I can catch on the inside of his soul? But he said, Why? you cannot do that without exposing yourself. As he was doing that, he was exposing himself. Satan was undressed to Jesus. All his wiles. That's why they will tell you, when they say put on the whole armor of God, they're talking about those are more. Who was who is the who 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 is the prototype of the armor? You know, armor is built for a man. So when you hear the word armor of God, does God need armor? Which which war is he fighting? Who is he fighting against? Who is somebody who can never be tempted? Who has no iman? Temptation and sin, they are walls apart. Are you getting what I'm saying? So when they say, put on the armor of God, the armor of God is not what God is wearing to protect himself in that sense. Armor is talking about the, the, the defenses of God designed for a man. Yes. Have you seen a full armor before? It looks like a man. Yes. It has a head, it has this thing. It's actually a man. Armor means the prototype of... It, wow. The armor of God means the defenses that God came out of God, but fashioned for a, as a suit for man. That's the armor of God. So whose, who was, whose body did they use to take measurement to sew it? Are you getting what I'm saying? Who was the... It's Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you talk about the helmet of salvation, how did it come about? It means that when Jesus was with his spiritual thinking cow, dissolving temptation of Satan, he was rebuilding the helmet of salvation. That this, any soul who will be saved must think this thought. This, are the, this is the cap of a saved soul. Breastplate of righteousness. That was Jesus. Jesus was making and weaving the armor which you will wear. The shield of faith. Then they spoke about the, the having your, your what? Loins girded about with the what? With truth. Are you seeing all those things? Those are all properties. When Jesus was dealing with the world, 
dealing with Satan, he was building the armor. That after building it, he want to hand it over to you. Then put on the whole armor. That you might be able to stand what? In the evil day. Say evil day. What is the evil day? The, the evil day is when your soul begins to come under the assault of wickedness. That evil man. Say evil day. Evil day. Praise God. So, evil day is the day that they are talking about here. Concerning. So, this soul who, they, who rejected light is a soul that is without the armor in an evil day. Right? A soul whose deeds are evil, but is rejecting light. Let's read it again. Very, ah, we have to go home. Praise the Lord. Says, and this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world. And men loved what? Darkness rather than light, because their what? Deeds were evil. Because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hated the light. Now, this is where I want to show you something. Hey, God, oh, praise God. Why is that? Is every time that gets to ten o'clock that <laughs> I was I serious? How do we actually solve this problem? I don't know. God needs to help us. Amen. Now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Everyone that doeth evil hated the light. See, you see that word there? Every, everyone that doeth evil hated the light. Means this, the, the secret of perpetuity of evil is a work of hatred of light. So, you see that knot of evil in the soul, that, that wick that Satan weaved is a wick of hatred. Yeah. What secures evil in the heart is hatred for light. That is the, the security of evil is what? Hatred for light. Praise the Lord. Light is coming to the world and men loved darkness rather than light. So you see, the problem is they loved darkness. So it's very clear the hatred of light is a love of darkness. Right? These men, they loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. So if it's not possible for a soul to keep evil deeds without hating light, if a soul doesn't hate light and you give him evil to keep, when you come back tomorrow, you will not find the evil. Because he, he will tell you, giving to give you an excuse. Ah, I just met this guy. This guy just came and then he was opening Bible and he was talking and then he said that this and this and that and that. And the, the spirit will say, what about this thing I gave you to keep? Ah, it's in Bible now. It's very clear now. We can't be behaving like that. That's <laughs> just a little breeze will just come and take away that thing. But, so it's very clear that when it comes to evil, there's a work that evil is that keeps evil in the heart. That if a, if you don't make a soul hate light, it will never be a keeper of evil. Yeah. 
that so every soul that has evil in them has hatred for light. You might say, ah, no, I love revelation. Calm down. Calm what? Praise God. What we are talking about, not when you are liking and enjoying revelation, we are talking about when that light that shines upon, that illuminates your change. We're talking, this hatred, that's where it is. It is your inward reaction to the light that illuminates your next change when you just see it appear before you. That's, that's sick. Nobody knows that you've just done something. You can quickly just do that thing and say, let us pray. And bring heaven down. No man see it. That's thing. Say hatred. hatred. So hatred is not. Ah, oh, hate God. No, no, no. Hatred. 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 Hatred of light is the garrison of evil. Those evil nature that stick to the soul that doesn't go is because of the level of hatred for the light that will illuminate it. Amen. For everyone that doeth evil, hated the light, neither cometh into the light. They don't come into the light. Lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be what? Made manifest. That they are wrought in God. Amen. We can stop here for today. The Lord will help us again. This is a time for uh, Amen. This is a time of mercy when they want to surround the soul with light. That anywhere you put your head you see light. And without giving our, ourself any place to hide. It's a blessed season when, when God takes away all our hiding places and make our heart bare and open to the entrance of his light in us. Father, we thank you tonight. Give you praise. We know you are not done speaking. You are just, you are even opening your mouth more. And you have yet so much more to say. These things, these are deliverances. These are answers. These are help. This is ministry of, this is visitation of salvation. This is the day of salvation. You want to save us. You desire to save us. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for what you have said. Thank you for your light that has come tonight to our heart. I ask, Lord, that let every soul profit with it. No soul will put it aside. Nobody will let it go. But every soul will, 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 will bring forth a profit with this life, which is even the peaceable food of righteousness which will all shower us into your own very light. Thank you, our Father. We give you all the glory tonight. Worship your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, Shine for
Thank you.